This is Joe Peters at Coldwell Banker. I'm about to introduce Jack Cust about the Courthouse Square project in Flemington, New Jersey. This project, which Jack first proposed about five years ago, has gone through several iterations and has just recently been approved. I'm going to let Jack tell you the rest. I'll give you a tea for tenacity. This project's been going on for a long time, and I've sat through a couple of the meetings in Flemington when it was first happening, and um, it seems like there's good news, and it seems like I don't know everything because I haven't heard what happened at the last council meeting. The notes haven't been published yet, so maybe you can give our, our um, listeners, first of all, I'd like the listeners to understand a little about your background, 30 seconds or so, and then give them a brief history where we're at and where we're going. Uh, okay. Um, I moved to Hunterdon County in 1975 after I graduated from Seton Hall. And my wife and I moved here and uh, I was working for an accounting firm in Trenton and my wife was teaching up in Hackettstown and we moved to Hunterdon County because it was the midpoint and we ended up, uh, you know, loving the county and meeting a lot of nice people and uh, I ended up uh, eventually starting my accounting practice here in 1979 I've been at it ever since and it's evolved into a lot of different things over the years. Uh, but you know, our roots are pretty much here since, uh, 1975. So wow. we've been longtime residents of Hunterdon County. And, uh, I actually started out living in Hunter Hills apartments. Uh, that's where, where we first lived in Flemington in the borough of Flemington. Wow. I was actually the borough, borough treasurer, uh, back in the day back then. So I had some familiarity with Flemington and, uh, we got involved in a lot of different things over the years. And um, that's kind of my background, CPA, accounting firm. So the two main projects that people mostly associate you with are HealthQuest and the uh, Diamond Nation. Which came first? Uh, actually, HealthQuest came first. And HealthQuest came first, uh, but they were kind of back to back. Okay. Uh, my, my son was, um, we've done, we did as an accounting firm, we did a lot of work in the uh, health club sector. We had a lot of clients in that, in that area. And, uh, we, we had an interest in that. We always had an interest in sports. Our family always did. I played baseball at Seton hall and, and all my kids played baseball. My wife was a college tennis player. So we had, uh, a lot of love for sports. And, uh, so we had an opportunity to look at the need in Huntington County for a health club, a, a sizable health club. And we took that on uh, with some of my clients and developed HealthQuest. Um, after that, Diamond Nation started because that actually started out as a hobby. Uh, it was really something, uh, when my son came through and he was an avid baseball enthusiast and always wanted to play professional baseball and was happy to, you know, was lucky to fulfill that dream. Uh, he, he ended up uh, being a first round draft pick, had a, had a 10 year major league career. And right after he got drafted out of high school, he was supposed to go to Alabama on a baseball scholarship, but because he went in the first round and they kind of make you a lucrative offer that you can't turn down, right. uh, he signed out of high school. And upon signing, after that happened, I said to him, uh, you're not going to sit around in the winter all year. We're going to start something and you're going to give back to the community. So we started this little baseball school right next to HealthQuest. And because of uh, the people that we knew and things that we did and his baseball acumen, it evolved into something that was really uh, kind of took a life of one of its own. 
and we taught kids. We would teach kids 10 at a time in a class. We started this actual hitting school and all the kids that came through the alumni really started to excel. They got division one scholarships. They got signed, signed by teams. And I kept getting urged to expand it and try to uh, take on more kids over the years. So we did it carefully, but it just continued to evolve and evolve and evolve to what it is today, Diamond Nation with over 50,000 kids coming through a year. Uh, we've had hundreds of kids get uh, college scholarships and professional baseball uh, uh, contracts out of there. And it really just, it was a hobby that had to turn into a business because it just got so big that I couldn't uh, just do it as a part-time basis. It's tremendous. I've had a tour of both of the facilities and actually advertise on your jumbotrons over there. I see so, that. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, much appreciated. So you're also in the restaurant business a little bit too? A little bit. We, we're in a hospitality business. We, we, uh, we have a hospitality facility in Somerset County. Uh, it's called the Palace at Somerset Park, where it's a, uh, it's a conference and uh, wedding facility. That's one of our larger facilities there. And we also are involved in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings uh, uh, chain of foods. Very so, familiar with those. Yeah. So we, we, uh, we kind of get involved in a few different things here and there. And I hear there's some apartments going up where the old dome used to be. Yep. Yep. The, uh, what we did is we took the baseball field that was next to HealthQuest. Uh, we got approval for 200 units there. Uh, we're we're going to be starting those in the spring. And they're going to be beautiful apartments. They're going to be connected to HealthQuest uh, with inside parking. So uh, the plan is really very nice. And you'll be able to live in the apartments just adjacent to HealthQuest and walk right into HealthQuest. Beautiful. So what is the other apartment building in the back of uh, Sonic there? Is that your facility as well? Yeah, that was that was a facility that, that we got approved. And... Uh, we have someone else that, that developed that and okay. that's, that's leased up very nicely. So they're, they're almost completely leased out. Yeah. We took a walkthrough right after it opened just to familiarize ourselves with it. And we're very impressed with it. As I said, we live up in Annandale and uh, we're at the point where we're considering one floor living eventually, you know, those up and down steps are great exercises till about three in the afternoon. They get a little tiring. Yep. So yep. So tell us about when did the concept of Courthouse Square get started? I realize it's probably had several names over the years. <laughs> well, there's a little history. There's a little history with Courthouse Square, obviously. We've been at that, uh, the, at, at that project for over five years. And how I got involved, uh, I really had no intentions of being involved in, develop, in the development of the hotel. Uh, originally, my accounting firm was on Main Street, and we had left Main Street because it was, you know, going through these tumultuous times of really difficulty getting anyone to fix anything on Main Street. And so we moved our accounting firm from Main Street over next to HealthQuest. Okay. And actually, we did that because we had difficulty hiring people, and because because we would we would interview people to come and work for us. And they would walk down Main Street and Main Street was just nothing was going on. It was just a, a dead atmosphere. I had always hoped that a national, uh, a national uh, developer would come in or someone that was very significant come in and take over the hotel and fix it up and, and do something that was really going to be nice there. There were a couple of failed attempts to redevelop it. Uh, the people that did the uh, redevelopment attempts 
really um, kind of didn't, didn't have a big enough vision for it to work. And it was too small and it was difficult for them to raise capital. And, you know, I kept, I looked at it and I said, you know, this needs to be, you need something more substantial in the borough seat, you know, um, in the, in the uh, county seat in the borough of Flemington. So uh, it kind of just kept going on and on and nothing was happening. And then uh, a lot of the friends that I had in Flemington uh, asked me to, if I would keep taking a look at it and see if I could do anything with it. I really tried not to not to get involved in it, but I kept getting all of this lobbying going on because it was a complicated project. There was a, a significant amount of uh, properties and lots that had to be assembled. Uh, it was going to take a, a pretty a pretty good effort to really pull it off, and that's why a lot of the larger developers uh, and the national guys just stayed away from it. They just said it's too complicated. You can't do this without eminent domain. You can't assemble the properties. And fortunately, I knew a lot of people in Flemington, so I was able to assemble the properties. Not easily, but I was able to do it over a period of time. And I had, uh, I, I had uh, met with the, uh, the uh, borough council early on. And as part of this, the reason why I also got involved in this was the just backtracking a little bit i was on the seds committee which you, you were probably part of that yeah, too. i read the seds report yeah the seds report and and where uh the comprehensive economic development strategy report done by the county freeholders which was a very good report and it was a swot analysis of uh Hunterdon county and you know what was what was lacking what the strengths were the weaknesses obviously and and it kept pointing to the need for a town center and there was also a comment in there about that the county had uh, no higher ed. We were the only county in the state without higher education. Uh, so I, I looked at all these things and I kept looking at it. And I, you know, I, I kept saying, you know, Flemington is the answer to this problem because, you know, this fixing the hotel and fixing this block could really solve a lot of the issues that need to be solved in Huntington County. And so as I pointed this out and talked to people, I said, yeah, but we can't get somebody to do it. So everybody kept saying, you could do it. You could do it. And I said, no, 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 no. I don't think I want to do it. But eventually I said, okay, I'll, I'll consider it and I'll look at it. And I, I, I uh, hired an architect and I had them lay it out and see what, uh, what they could do with that block. And we came up with our original plan. And our original plan uh, originally had the hotel coming down because uh, there was a gentleman uh, named Roger Brooks who was hired by the borough of Flemington who said, take it down. And everybody was talking about, you got to take these buildings down and start fresh. So that in our original plans, that's what happened. And that's where all the brouhaha started uh, with a lot of the uh, historical folks. They didn't want to see that building come down. And, you know, our first plan uh, had, had, the, had the hotel coming down. We'd since changed it. We went back and forth. We listened to a lot of people, a lot of different meetings, as you know, over the history of this. And the plan that we ultimately got approved uh, had the hotel standing, and it still has it standing now on, on the final plans that are approved. But what we did is we were now in a position, because of the litigation that had taken place and everything else, uh, we, the plans were changed somewhat from where they were originally. So we have an approved redevelopment plan now that uh, is, is somewhat smaller. It's uh, a couple of stories were taken off of it. We removed, unfortunately, we removed 
a key piece of it, which was the medical education building. And that changed the whole dynamic of the plan from a traffic and parking right. standpoint and a density standpoint. So that was able, that, that was, that got a lot of traction because we were able to make that compromise. And uh, because we did that, you know, we're now in a position where uh, just this week, the borough uh, approved the redevelopment plan. And hey. we're going to, we're going to be going in next, uh, in the next few weeks or maybe in the next month. Uh, with with the new site plan to uh, keep it going. Congratulations. Yeah. So but what we is did, it? We did have to give up on the educational building, which was a shame because I I had always envisioned, you know, Flemington is is the potential for being a nice college town. But uh, I, you know, I I too, I'll tell you a little story. Um, I, I sold a house to a woman over on Walnut Brook, right across from the church in that general area. And when she moved, she moved from behind ShopRite in those townhouses. And she wanted to be able to walk the downtown Flemington. So long story short, four years later, I get a phone call and they're getting transferred out to Long Island. So I helped them sell a house and find another agent out there. And she said, Joe, you know, remember I told you I wanted to walk the downtown Flemington? She says, I would walk to it twice. And the second time was because we figured we must have missed something the first time. <laughs> I said, that tells it all. I mean, it's, it's really a great little town with a lot of history. And I drag my kids down and let Fred show them the jail on the, when he's got the openings and the, the tours of uh, the old um, courthouse. Yep. Um, but the economic value there just hasn't seemed to be there. And uh, after watching what happened over in Somerset and Somerville, I'm saying we could be here. I mean, we could. And I, I true, I love history and I love architecture, but I also love the viability of the county. And I think after going through the leadership program, I understand what we're lacking and what we're lacking is a draw. Um, the people here live here and they don't want to live anywhere else, but we're not bringing new people in and we're not bringing the business in. Yeah. And it's very, it's very important. And, you know, that was the other reason why, um, you know, why I decided to take on the initiative because it was, you know, as the County seat and main street, it was affecting, it was affecting a lot of the surrounding areas. It was affecting Hunterdon County. It was affecting Raritan Township. Right. Our businesses out here. And, you know, I said, you know, we really need to, we really need to see if we can do this and, and get this back to where it should be, because it can it can be a beautiful town. It's going to be a beautiful town. We are we are, uh, you know, uh, actually next week we're starting work. Uh, we're mobilizing to shore up the hotel. OK, get it, uh, get it put together. It's going to take a lot of work to uh, make sure that thing doesn't fall down and, and the structural work that needs to go into it. But we're going to do this now. Uh, the borough has worked with us so that we can do this in phases. So what we're going to do is we're going to redo the hotel and the potting shed. If you know what building that is, that's yes, a building at the antique building. We're going to uh, connect those in the middle with um, an ADA. Is going to be an ADA accessible uh, ramp because that's another issue when you're dealing with historical properties you got to make sure you can get in and everybody can get in and out of them correctly right uh, so we're going to connect those buildings it's going to be beautiful and we're going to be able to uh build courthouse square actually in two phases where we'll be able to um, finish the hotel and we're going to take the potting shed and convert it to a pub 
so that you'll have a restaurant when we have a really good, well-known restaurant tour that's coming into, I can't announce it yet, but it's going to be coming into the Union Hotel, who will also operate the pub next to it. We're also at the same time going to take down 82 Main Street, which is the old white building. Uh, I don't know if you remember that next to it, because that's where the plaza goes to that's going to connect right. from, the courthouse, from the courthouse to Spring Street. So we're going to actually be able to, with probably within a year, it'll look like Flemington's Main Street is back to what it was from its inception while we build the back of it in Courthouse Square. So uh, what happens to the hotel building itself? Is it just preserved or is it used? No, the hotel building, the, the entire exterior is going to be uh, preserved uh, in accordance with the, the state, uh, with the SHPO and the historical requirements to preserve it. It's going to look just like it always did. Uh, the downstairs, the first floor is going to be um, uh, a restaurant. Okay. And then the top three floors, you know, th there's not a lot of room up there. The, the right. top three floors can only, can, they can hold five nice historic, we're going to make historical suites there on each floor. So there's going to be 15 uh, historical suites, uh, hotel rooms. Um, and, and that's going to, that's how, that's how the hotel is going to be preserved. It's going to be beautiful. So it will be utilized. I didn't realize. So I know when you go around a back and park, it looks like the scene from It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, it looks yeah. like if you don't do a thing, this thing will not be here in five years. So there's got to be quite a, an undertaking to make it usable again. Yeah, it will be. It will be. But we've got the uh, we've got the professionals lined up to to do it, and uh, uh, we're excited about it. So, where did the additional hundred hotel rooms go then? What happens is going back from uh, everything. Everything takes place behind the main street. The main street, uh, the streetscape of Main Street, is going to look almost identical, except that the uh, white building on 82 Main Street is going to be taken down and that's where the plaza is going to be. Everything else is going to be behind that and behind the Huntington County National Bank building. Okay. And that's where the, uh, the uh, remaining 85 rooms of the hotel will be and 200 apartments and the ground floor of the retail will be about about 15,000 feet in that area of retail space. So there was talk at one point when I attended a meeting that there'd be one liquor license for the whole complex. Is that still the... Um, well, we acquired, we acquired the one liquor license that, uh, that was available several years ago, and we will, we will get another liquor license with the 100-room hotel. So we'll have two different liquor licenses there. Okay. So we're okay. going to make it really uh, a very unique place where people are going to want to come to. Well, not only come to, but stay overnight at it. So give it a 24 right. hour. I remember right. when, uh, who's our past mayor that he introduced the two of us? Um, Phil Griner was there. I said, Phil, why didn't the Aldi's come downtown? It would have been a natural draw for downtown. And the answer was parking. Yeah. And I, I was on a commission for a year or two looking at helping rejuvenate downtown uh, that ended about 18 months ago. And we discovered there is parking. Nobody just knows where it's at. So we put some signs up. It helped it a little bit. Yep. But, um, this is this is great news. What, what kind of a timeline? What do you think happens in the next 12 months? How long will a project take in total? Uh, we're hoping 24 months. It might be 30 months. Okay. What will happen, uh, there will be a parallel effort to finish, like I said, the hotel and a potting shed and a plaza. 
at the same time as they're doing the site work in the back of the building so that we can kind of streamline the timeline. And uh, we're hoping we're hoping to get the hotel and the, and the pub open uh, in the fall of next year. Okay. Uh, and in the meantime, everything else will be ongoing behind it. And we think that um, we think that within 24 months to 30 months, we should be finished with the project. That's a great. Sounds ambitious compared to what we just went through for the last five years. That's a, well. The hardest, the hardest part, the hardest part is getting everything approved. Once you right. get started and mobilized, you know things will move. And then all the construction will happen from the back, so Main Street rem remains on. Right, and then and that and that's what we tried to do, so that Main Street, you know, Main Street can come back to life while all this is going on. Beautiful. And how many parking spots did you get limited to? I think I saw it here. Two. No, we have. We're going to end up. We're going to end up with about three. It's it's not finalized yet because there's a little bit of engineering left. But we're going to end right. up with about three hundred and sixty, I think, somewhere. And so that will be enough for everything you're doing plus some then. Yes. So yeah. the parking that isn't there will now be there. Yep. What? What will we see happen first then? Well, what you're going to see happen first is the mobilization of the effort to start the hotel. That's going to happen. Okay. We hope next week. They already had the uh, pre-com meeting with the town. Uh, the plan is in place. They just have to finish filing the permits and uh, do a little bit more paperwork. And they're, and they're hoping to start next week. So. And how many people will be employed through the reconstruction versus the end project? I don't have those exact numbers, but it's it's going to be hundreds. That's it'll, great it'll news. Be, it'll be a lot of economic, uh, a lot of economic benefit to the town. Great news. Well, once again, congratulations. That's, it sounds like it was a, a a long and arduous road, but you've got there. Um, yep. Not with this result that was initially in mind, but with a result that still works and helps Flemington take the next step. Well, listen, nothing, nothing good comes easy. So, uh, well, that's it, true. If it is, you don't uh, do it half the time. <laughs> going to be, it's going to be uh, a worthwhile effort. I think we're all going to be proud of it when it's done, and uh, we're going to have a lot of activity. You know, one of the things that people don't realize is that uh, you know, at our Diamond Nation facility, we have uh, fifty thousand players come through there a year, and almost five hundred thousand attendees annually. Right. And the interesting thing is that most of those people all stay in Somerset County. Right. Because we don't have the hotels to book them. Yeah. Here. We, we actually feed 13 hotels off of our website at, at Diamond Nation. So we know where they're going. We know how many rooms are taken. And, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about uh, sports tourism, they call it. Uh, sports tourism is, is, a is a business where a lot of people spend a lot of money and they have money to, to, for their kids and new sports and traveling around. And they, and they would love to stay in Flemington. The biggest complaint we have at Diamond Nation is you have to go stay in Somerset County when we go there. Right. So uh, we're, hoping, we're hoping to capture some of that audience and that'll help ignite the town. And there has been some hotel activity on 202206, I guess, as well. well and, and part of the reason why it's there, if you notice, they try to split the difference because they try to get as close to Diamond Nation as they can, right. but still stay in Somerset County. So now the question is, does the values of downtown Flemington go up since this is all approved? Well, we hope. We would we hope, hope too. Hope yeah. it's a benefit to everyone. 
Yeah. No, we we were we were trying to get a movie night going there at one point where we were talking about it and just getting the stores to stay open to eight o'clock for people went into the movie was a challenge because we all yep. went home at three. So <laughs> this I think it's going to change for the good and it's it's really great to see. I know one of my cohorts, uh, Ernie Tufo, said when I was a kid, hanging down in downtown Flemington was neat. It was like going to the mall today. Yep. And it, it sounds like we're going to be back there. Well, we hope so. And we hope sooner rather than later. <laughs> great, great, great. Well, our half hour is just about up. Anything I haven't covered that you would like to bring up? No, I appreciate your time and I appreciate your interest in this. And, uh, and uh, I think it's important for uh, our community to learn more about it. And I'm happy to discuss it with anyone that, uh, you know, thinks that they might have some misinformation or something like that. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, we've been working with everyone, you know, we've been through two different uh, political bodies in trying to get this accomplished. Right. And, and uh, you know, I would say, I would say that both political bodies uh, moved this along. I think that Phil Greiner was great in getting it initiated. And I think that uh, Mayor Driver uh, also carried the ball because she ran on this to get this done and to make it smaller. And I think she accomplished that. So Good. Uh, it's kind of a bipartisan situation. I think that, uh, you know, I, and I always said to everybody, I said, listen, I don't want to get involved in the politics. I just want to get this built. <laughs> I hear you. Wow. What encouraging news. This podcast has been brought to you by Joe Peters of Coldwell Banker. I can be reached at 908-238-0118 or online at jpeters.com. One of the biggest decisions in your lifetime is buying or selling a house. Choosing a realtor with strong client communication, technology, and marketing skills will dramatically improve your chance of success. That's why Hunterdon and Somerset's residents rely on Joe Peters. Joe believes his clients deserve a smooth and seamless experience, not a roller coaster ride. As a Coldwell Banker sales associate with 20 years of experience, he's helped hundreds of people to achieve their goals and dreams, no matter where they were in the buying or selling process. Here's what his satisfied customers have to say. Joe guided us through the process of selling our home and made a complicated transaction appear seamless. Joe is diligent and responsive without being pushy and truly keeps his client's best interest in mind. He would return calls within minutes if he didn't pick up. Joe accomplishes this by approaching every transaction from a business perspective. Initially, he tries to fully understand your goals and dreams and make them his own. Then he takes the mass amount of data that's available and distills it down to a few understandable action points. And finally, he controls the entire process through technology and marketing. The end result to you is a smooth, rewarding customer experience. Let Joe show you how to take his professional expertise and put it to work for you. To contact Joe, go to jpeters.com. You can call 908-238-0118 or text to 908-304-4660.